Hi everybody and welcome to the inaugural show for Radio Hotlap where we take an irreverent look at the world of Australian motorsport, some international stuff and uh, a bit of technical goodies that, that people like to play with. With me today I have uh, my co-host uh, JP. Welcome to the show mate. Thank you very much Johnny, it's good to be here. Um, yeah, a bit nervous, uh, but I guess we'll get through it all. I'm sure the, uh, the people listening will put up with all the uh, blues we're likely to make on the way through. And I'm sure the Coopers in front of you will uh, um, help you down with that. And at this point I say this is not a Coopers ad, but thank you Glenn for sending the Coopers around. So um, I'd really like to start off today um, and uh, just sort of tell everybody sort of why we're, why we're here. We, we, we just felt that... But we've been talking about this for a long time now, haven't we? Yeah, probably about, I don't know, 18 months, two years. The idea's been in, uh, in, in baking away, and uh, with the advent of uh, the iPod and the wonderful podcasting, um, it's, it's able, been able to take off. Yeah, and podcasting's sort of an interesting thing, and we might get around to that a little bit later, but um, let's, let's take a little bit of a, a look at... Um, the weekend motorsport that uh, has been going on around the world. I mean, there's, you know, we noticed uh, uh, we have a new world champion in uh, Formula One, uh, Ferdinand Alonso. Alonso, yep. I probably got his name wrong, but anyway. No, just don't try and spell it. And uh, I can see that most people in, in Spain don't want to speak to speak to him, but everyone else does. Uh, but but that, that's great. Uh, but on the weekend, I watched A1GP, and uh, I think that's been a long time coming, This an event of this char- character, and people had been, I think, looking for something new in, in motorsport, and, and the fact that it's all country-based and not person-based, you know, they, it breaks down all these barriers. It certainly does. I think it's, uh, it's still got a long way to go, but uh, from what I've seen of it, and I must say straight out, I didn't actually watch the race, um, so I can't talk knowledgeably about it. I was a bit tied up when it was on, but uh, um, the whole concept of the thing and the way that it seems to be, uh, seems to be running and the success of that first, uh, first round uh, would suggest that it's going to go uh, gangbusters. Yeah, we've got uh, Will Power, who's uh, st- stood in for the first uh, event in Team Australia there, and he will be backed up uh, by um, uh, Alan Jones's son, Christian Jones. And, uh, mate, I, I reckon it's going to be really good from what I saw on the TV, uh, on my new uh, LCD flat panel I might add. I really <laughs> quite enjoyed it. Just so that you all know, because we are going to touch on the technology as well, um, Johnny bought himself a wonderful new 42-inch plasma. Uh, it's not plasma. I do beg your pardon. Uh, LCD. And it's only uh, it's only 32-inch. Oh, and it's only 32-inch, not 40. But it looks big, and uh, yeah, very very nice piece of work, I must say. Look, I think that the the technology is just 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 amazing these days, and uh, LCD is definitely a better thing than, than than plasma. It doesn't burn the the screen image in. And mate, it, it was was under two thousand dollars. I was walking down the road in in Norwood. Uh, I'm not expecting myself to go and buy stuff, and I'm not much of an impulse buyer. Uh, and there, it just jumped out of the uh, Retrovision store, and I just jumped in and bought the thing on the spot. And I hooked my laptop in, and it was it was it was pretty damn good. So, it's, uh, well, I have to say that when I arrived, I saw the thing sitting there with the laptop plugged in, and it is it is very nice indeed. And taking a notice of him when he says he's not an impulse buyer. Ask him about that third bottle of red in a restaurant at about 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> it is a conversation. <laughs> it is a conversation, it's not an interview. <laughs> he said putting on the dark sunglasses. 
So look, let's of course uh, take a quick uh, look look at the V8 Utes because I, I, this uh, series that I have been involved with this year and, and I have to say I have never met any of the guys before the beginning of the year and, and I've just had an absolute ball, they're just a lovely bunch of people. Um, to some of them, it, it, it's a very serious category where they, they really want to leapfrog into the, the mainstream. Uh, to others, it's just uh, like, you know, in the middle of their business lives that they, they want to just, just go racing. And, 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 yeah. and, and there's a really lovely community. And, and to the rest, like Gricey, it's a semi-retirement. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Gricey does so well, but he must be on the outer for some reason, you know, like he's been a... I think he was a minister, wasn't he? Well, uh, yeah. Well, not religious. No, 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 no. In, in government, in Queensland, yeah. One term got chucked out, but it was probably yeah. because he needed to go. <laughs> or he wanted to go. Anyway, I'll... <laughs> Don't hold it again. Better not say too much because yeah. next time we see him, he might not be happy. He won't be happy. But uh, no, I know exactly what you're saying about the uh, about the V8 Utes category. I was lucky enough, of course, to uh, uh, to go to the round of Malala here, um, and I had met a few of the drivers right at the start of the season at the Clipsal 500 uh, with John, and. Um, Certainly, uh, when we were at Malala, they're all very warm, friendly people. Uh, very, very interesting bunch of characters. And yeah, I had a great time. Maybe they wouldn't have had anything to do with the fact that they'd had spent seven years, seven years, seven weeks, same thing as a motor <laughs> racing driver in the freeze, you know, between Darwin, like uh, sun baking, <laughs> and then uh, nothing for seven weeks. Nothing, I'll tell you. That they just, uh, they really were looking forward to getting to that event, and it, it turned on some really good racing. And 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 Malala's one of those last uh, sort of track events that uh, Australia has on its um, racing uh, yep. calendar. Come to South Australia and go racing in the country. So mate, what do you got for us today? What are you interested in? What are we going to well, talk well, about? Well, I mean obviously it's the week before Bathurst and, uh, and I'm going over there so uh, that's got to be high on the priorities. Uh, I noticed that uh, there's an interesting in auto action this week, uh, page 18 for anybody who's interested, and it's called A Mountain of Hidden Secrets. And it gives you uh, a look around the things at the track that you might not uh, that you might not know were there. Uh, I thought that was very very interesting. Um, as far as the big race itself goes, um, yeah, it's going to be mm, could be a Ford year. I think it really could be a Ford year. Lounsey's looking really good. Marcus, of course, is always there. Um, yeah, I don't know. It'd be nice to see Murph up there again, though. Well, as you know, an event like this, it can all go wrong in the, in, in the, in the first moment. Someone goes off on the second corner with a broken windscreen wiper blade, and uh, uh, you might laugh at that, but that, that sort of thing can come back to, to bite you later in the year, later in the event. And you, how, how many years ago was it that uh, they, they didn't have heated front screens? Uh, remember that the rains had come in, and That's they just right, they and simply for all their skill, but they couldn't uh, they couldn't drive because they couldn't see. Wiping the inside of the screen with their gloves. Yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, in talk, talking about cleaning screens, and, and then the last event, Sand. And do, do you remember that event where? Uh, uh, Thomas Mazira was driving the HRT car and someone decided that they wanted to clear his windscreen and, and chuck a bucket of water yes, over yeah. the, yeah. the pit wall onto the screen. <laughs> well, it's a quick easy way of doing it. To try to clean, well of course it smashed the hell out of the screen yeah. and, and, and worse than that he had to then make a, like a, a pit stop for, for safety reasons. I think he was under a black, black flag and they had to kick the rear screen out. So <laughs> he, he got to see well but man it was a cold ride. Well on that note that was very interesting interesting on I think it was beyond tomorrow last week um, they had a thing where they were bu they were myth busting and there was always this big thing about the uh, the Yanks telling the English that they should test plexiglass 
uh, windshields in aeroplanes by firing chickens at them. And there was a big joke that the poms were so thick they were firing frozen chickens at them. But they actually fired thawed out chickens and frozen chickens and there was virtually no difference. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think JP would be joining us every week, but uh, we certainly hope so. It's, it's an hour late today anyway, but that's really good and I'm glad he's made it along. So, um, look, uh, just a little bit of international sport. Um, my mate uh, Dave Brabham has uh, come second at uh, Petit Le Mans. A uh, bit of a bridesmaid, uh, as he always is, but he is driving in the GD1 class for Aston Martin. Yep. And uh, I, 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 a few years back, had been there at Petit Le Mans, and it's a fabulous racetrack owned by uh, the American entrepreneur Don Panos. Um, lovely spot, and he had a big crash like um, in, in in practice, but the car's repaired, and that they've come home, come home fourth outright and second in class. So it, it's not it's a good result. Yeah, it, it's 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 tough, but um, so who who was he bridesmaid to? He was. Uh, man, I don't have any information. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you that he that he he was he was bridesmaid to. Uh, I do have that information <laughs> to. Um, his old teammate in the Panos team, um, Jan Magnussen, the, the the Danish driver. Well, they were they were at Le Mans together the year where you went over, weren't they? Uh, that's right. Well, in 2002, uh, yeah, which was the last year that Panos ran a factory team, uh, Brabs and Magnussen teamed up with with Brian Herder to to yep. to run that car. They they didn't have a a very successful venture. But nonetheless, you know, those guys, the, the pair of them, had, had been right there from the early days developing that uh, um, LMP900 chassis for, for Panos. But yeah, I believe there was something in the order of you know, 50 million sterling spent by Audi to win uh, at, at 2002 in Le Mans. I, I, I could see Don Panos could see there was no value in spending more than that just to try to infuse heritage into his into his road car brand. And that's uh, the hell of nicotine patch, isn't it? So, oh, for those of you who don't know, Don Panos invented the nicotine patch or bought the company that did. Or rather the ability to produce uh, or yeah, to so send yeah, uh, chemicals. your bloodstream. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, so Matt, no, I mean, probably uh, people are going to be wondering, well, who are these two Wallies, and and what you know, what gives them the right to talk about motorsports? So, probably it's a good a good time for me to ask you to tell everybody about you know what your background is and how the hell you got into motorsport in the first place. Well, look, Wally for sure, and um, no right at all. But on the basis <laughs> that we're having a conversation, and this is all about you know just just communicating and if you don't like it you turn off and don't listen to us so don't send us an email saying we don't like you just don't listen um but but going back uh i suppose you know, i've been around motor racing most of my life you know as, as as a kid growing up you know not from my parents but i just as a very early age uh, getting involved in in stuff and started off in dirt bikes and then then moved into some pretty serious uh, national and international uh, enduro racing with kdm and and then quad race, the 500 cc open quad races and stuff like that it was lots of fun. But uh, and I, it was always a passion. And uh, I suppose that as I went through various uh, jobs in the oil industry and television, and then uh, with a Apple computer for, for for 10 years, where I'd met you in San Francisco one fateful yep. day, um, that. Uh, I just felt that it was time. I, I needed to do something and marry all my skills. And in 2000, I met a mate called Paul Ryan, who had been 
um, uh, pushing his way through the motorsport industry for a long time. Who was originally a customer of mine, <laughs> and and got referred to you, non-paying. Yeah, well, yeah, paid as little as possible. But there you go. And and he was working in the, in what was the old pro car GTP category and stuff like that. And I happened to be out at, at Eastern Creek one day, and he said, "Do you want to go for a ride in a car?" And he chucked me in some WRX, and I went round and went, "Oh, this is all fun." And 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 then we just kept in contact with each other, and then. Uh, uh, the race of a thousand years came up at Le Mans here in Adelaide. Um, yes. I was an Adelaide boy at the time, but I did come down and hang out with you, and it was all sort of fun. You know, we didn't get paid or patted on the back for it, but it was a pretty fun sort of thing. And oh, but we were media, <laughs> and well, I can remember dragging bloody uh, what were they G4s? I think uh, great big G4 boxes and and big monitors because we didn't have LCDs back then. No, we didn't, and we we didn't have laptops powerful enough to be able to do anything we wanted to do. But it was was pretty fun, and and it's funny to look back on it now that uh, some of those people up and down the pit lane there that you were just a bit sort of oh my god, you know, like oh these are the racing car drivers, you know, from the, from the big world uh, mm. to, to to suddenly get involved in what a what a funny way it sort of happened. So uh, after there was the success of that, uh, Paul Ryan asked me to sort of, he asked me to help out an old mate of his who was really not good with technology and so it was decided that we would, we would get a, a, an Apple iBook and we would present it to, to John Bow, his uh, mate at Cat Racing and, and say, here JB, you need to get into the real world of, of uh, electronic media. And of course JB sort of put the thing down on a, on a, on a, on a chair and poked it and said it doesn't do anything because the friggin' thing's not turned on mate. I think he still says the same thing about it, doesn't he? <laughs> he got married. Alice likes it. He got married to Alice, good Alice runs all that sort of stuff. But that was I suppose uh, an intro into it and, and, and we produced uh, the John Bauer website for a while and created his branding for him. And that led on to getting asked to do the Clips of 500 stuff. and. That, that that was a, that was a great great job. I was very um, very surprised and also glad to be able to be asked to do that and produce the 2002 event. And it wasn't long after that before I realised I'd better get my ass down to Adelaide because it, being a parochial town, you know, someone's going to be asking why the hell are they shipping this uh, business out of South Australia and into New South Wales. So I've become an Adelaidean. I don't mention Sydney yeah, much anymore. Yeah, he came down from Sydney and stayed with me for ostensibly three weeks that became about five months. In other words, he threw me out. Yep. And uh, then I got involved to do uh, the Panos. I got asked to, to build the websites for the, the Panos racing uh, uh, team and took me to Le Mans. 24-hour and the American Le Mans series all around there, and we had some great drivers. As I said, you know, Brad, Brad's connection, Mags, yeah, and uh, and and Beretta, and then the other car. I think we had uh, Gunnar Jeanette, whose father owns Gunnar Racing out of Florida, which is the biggest Porsche racing uh, repair and development. Yeah, you know, I remember you showing me the photos outside of uh, outside of Germany. Uh, a couple of other who else was in there? I can't remember them now. I'd have to go and look at the side of the car. Oh, David Donah- Donahue, mm. his father was very famous uh, in, um, in 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 India and stuff like that. And it was pretty interesting. It's just one thing's led to another. More Clipsal um, doing Coopers and this sort of stuff. And here we are today talking about it all. Yep. And there's a V8 Ute site sitting there. So, mate, uh, I'm just going to have a I'm just have a quick glance through the the, the, the guys in the series, and you know, I, I, the, the standout to me at the moment, and that's sort of coming through because I feel they're a little bit under radar, and that that'd have to be Ryle Harris. 
he's 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 a youngster. Well, he's he, certainly he, doing a great job. And, and yeah, he's he's. I think he's very much a uh, a sponsored dream. Yep. And he's um he's really sort of uh, like like coming right to the front of the field, and he's going to be taking uh, the indie program pretty seriously as he wants to bring the fight right up to uh, uh, Marcus Akanovic and. Damien White, who are not that far ahead of him, in fact. Yeah, well, which he appears to be doing quite well. I mean, the cud he's known as, because of being a good Kiwi, I mean, he's got to be a Kiwi cud. No, he's not a but Kiwi, he's the kid. Like, you know, there's, you've got... Oh, we've got a cud there. You've got it all wrong. You've got it all wrong, because Chris Pisses the cud. Ah. Oh. So he's the New Zealander. See, I get the kids and the, the cuds and the cud, The cud and the kids, yeah. yeah Let's just stick to, you know. Maybe, maybe we should start a competition let everybody sort of rename everybody. Well, I think some of them have got very, very bad, um, you know, nicknames personally, but, you know, we won't get into that. Well, I wonder what those guys think about what might be going on uh, next weekend at Bathurst and, and how they feel they're uh, going at Indy. Well, yeah, that's a good point because it's not not too long. We'll get Bathurst out of the way, and uh, you know, the India will be here before we know it. Well, who can we ring up? What about what about Marcus? Well, we could ring Marcus up. Yeah. Or you want to want to ring the Royal himself? Well, we'll see. We just talk about Royal. We'll get Royal on the phone. See what he has to say. All right. I'll uh, I'll give him a call. Who knows where he'll be? Being a fashion designer, he could be out sort of like you know drinking Coronas and lime or something like that. Have we get the right number. Nah, we'll get the wrong number. we better make sure we get the right number. Yeah, probably a good one. Okay, idea. I'll put his number out to everybody. Yeah, that's it. They'll all be counting the beeps and working out what it is. Just so everybody knows, like, this podcast we're doing, you know, we record through a little mixing desk and a microphone into it, just a regular iPod, then we just produce the stuff, send it up onto the internet. Anyone can do it. And we might, uh, we might put so those... Don't give that... You don't get ideas about competing with us, please. <laughs> How's your keepers, mate? <laughs> yeah, it's very nice, thank you. I thought we were just going to tell him we were drinking coffee. See if we can get raw. Nice pregnant pause. Hello? Hello? You just woke up? Yeah, I'm still asleep on the couch watching NASCAR. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does that to people. Getting yourself ready for Indy, mate. <laughs> well, mate, I've got, uh, we're here having our uh, inaugural show, and I've got uh, JP, who's a uh, Apple dude, who's uh, yeah. very much inside of motorsport, but um, met you a couple of times, and we just thought yeah, we might have a bit of a chat. Yeah. Good. Who's going to start? This uh, new radio venture of yours. <laughs> yeah, this is Hot Lap Radio, Ryle, and you're the, you're the first live-to-air phone call that we got on the podcast. Oh, special. So you're very special. <laughs> Tell us what you got in store for everyone when we come north in a few weeks, mate. Um, hopefully some blinding pace. <laughs> no, um, no, I'm all going to have that after party for Saturday night, so that should be good. Get everyone blind. But <laughs> um, I, I think we'll just cancel you. We'll come back to you in ten minutes after we've spoken to someone else. <laughs> but that's okay. 
we, we were talking about Bathurst earlier, and um, you know, who's the big tip, or you know, is it going to be Ford or Holden this year? What do you reckon? Hopefully Ford, because you know. Yeah, well, allegiance. Johnson and Bright, Richards and Bright, but um, I don't know. I'd say it would be um, Herbert and Ross can, can keep it together. They're pretty much um, very good chance. Uh, but I can't get past Gary from Kelly. Yep. And uh, and Tanner and Kelly would be good as well. Um, and how do you reckon them? Um, uh, oh, forget that I even said that. Carry on, Johnny. Well, we've got a, well. It's interesting. We've got a couple of guys in the series. Damien, who Damien White, who's driving with uh, Jose Fernandez in the Fujitsu car. Uh, they they didn't do. You know, they weren't at the pointy end of the field at, at Sandown, but they did manage to make the car, get the car home, and they're, they're, that was an event littered with a great deal of mistakes from a lot more experienced people. So getting the car home is 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 very uh, very important. And we also we had uh, our, our favourite international, Alan Simonson, pairing up with Alex Davison, the 2004 Career Cup champ, to come home 17th. So uh, they, they, these stealthy drives would have to. Yeah, a, a bit of an odds-on favourite. Yeah, right. Something like that. That's what you need. Like, obviously, you need you need some brains behind the wheel as well. And I don't know. That's just sort of about. Yeah, that's what. That's basically what Damien's job was, and, and Jose's was just to um, you know get the points required. Yep, which they and, did very uh, well. So yeah, get, get bring it home. Obviously, Thompson and Davison, you know, they were they were sort of in a bit more competitive situation. No, I mean they did. They, they, that's right. They did, they didn't get a great deal of coverage, but I think you know that sort of the, that they were there under the radar and and just they just sort of like chiselled away and, and got there. And and I think that what what that shows is that you know that the V8 Ute is a true feeder category in some respects because with the lines blurring these days about where do you go from what category into supercars. Uh, the, 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 it, 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 it's pretty much the right package to, to, to come out of. Yeah, well, the way uh, Simonson's pretty keen to get into surgery cars, but the way he went at Sandown and he used to watch the television coverage, I don't think it would have done him any good. Yeah, I look, I, I, I agree, and I think Alan needs to just relax a little more about uh, that category in terms of the way he drives. If he had if he had relaxed a bit more and just sort of driven for points, he probably would be a little bit more at the pointy end of town. But, you know, as you have, incidentally, and uh, you've been driving superbly this year, uh, and y- y- you've got to be a um, an under-the-radar stealth merchant creeping up on the top two. That's it. That's, that's what I was Which 
Just on that issue of confidence, Ryle, how does a bit, how does a driver like um, build that confidence within themselves? got a lot to do with the package that you're driving I mean obviously confidence has got to come from from you know what you're what you're doing the rounds in and uh, they seem to have put a pretty bloody good car together for you Martin Pert from uh, our DBA is very proud of you, and um, I think you're doing his, his brand a great deal of uh, a deal of good. I think most of the people who are, in fact, virtually everybody, there's just there's no negative scores with anyone in the series. I have, I mean, it's, as I said before, it's been a pleasure to meet everybody, and and everyone is is just operating really, really well. And I think the series is going to go on in leaps and bounds. And mate, finally, um. What, 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 what tactic have you got have you, uh, that you might want to uh, tell everyone about um, your, your indie uh, program? Um, get get, get, get party on a Saturday night, is that it? Well, that's actually fine. people are focusing on that pole position for race to the reverse grid? Yeah, I, I think so, like, um, all that mentioning those and stuff, but there's been a few people sort of that qualify there when you know they could have been a bit... Well, we, we saw Marcus do that and uh, in the last round, and, and I, I would think that that's a strategy, but also, I, I, as a from a racer's point of view, I would feel that it would be much harder to try to qualify 16th than it would be 1st. Oh, definitely. It is possible, though. You could do it on the radio to get near there, but, um, but to get it pretty much bang on, that's, you know, you've got to be pretty lucky to do that. But, well, I don't know, Marcus, um, and Marcus is the new one, you know, everyone, people are complaining of, like, a horsepower, but, um, the position Marcus is in in the tent, you know, they, you know, they would have gone through that without, you know,
Oh, buddy, look, thanks very much for your time, and um, you can download the podcast in a couple of days from uh, yeah. the V8 Ute site and listen to yourself. It'll probably be tomorrow. Oh, well, there you go, it'll be tomorrow. Oh, John's got more confidence than I have, but there you go. He's quick, John, he's quick. We're always up, you know, we've gone after the race and that, so... Good luck at Indy when you get up there, and keep off the walls. Fantastic. <laughs> All right, Al. Look forward to seeing you, buddy. Yeah, right. Thanks, Thanks, Al. 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 Thanks, Al.
and you know we've got Formula Ford, which is obviously yep. extremely important because it, it is a, 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 a manufacturer category, and also it's it's the starting point. The last time, well, it's certainly the feeder for the open wheeler category. I mean, you've only got to look at you know the current Formula One guys, and basically every Australian who's ever been in Formula One has, has raced Formula Ford at some stage. But but it gets a bit confusing, you know. You've got Formula Three, which are pretty much hand-me-down cars, which are coming out of Europe. Not to say that they're bad cars or anything like that. They're they're very very cool. And then you've got Formula Four Thousand, which I think is Formula Holden reinvented. Yep. Um, is there enough? population and, 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 and fan base to be able to sort of understand what's going on here. I, I just think that after watching A1GP the other day that it was, it was clear that a focused category would be very, very good. And, and maybe we just need, like Tony says, one, one specific category. I don't know where that's coming from, where, where, where well, we go with it. You've still got to have the feeder categories. I mean, we've just discussed, uh, we roll there about the, the fact that the feeder categories now, you've got V8 utes that can feed into the uh, supercars, um, rather than just having your, your, your staple diet of formula this and formula that. Um, because, I mean, if you look back, just about everybody who's in uh, V8s came from either, you know, one of the formula, inverted commas, backgrounds, or if they were lucky enough, they may have um, they may have been done a bit of driving overseas. But uh, beyond that, there's really been nothing else around. So you know the the Utes are the Utes are good from that perspective. Um, the second tier, the HDTC cars. HPDC. Uh, did I say HPDC? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well, I think they're changing names to something more more. Something that rolls off the tongue yeah, a little bit more, yeah. It's yeah. funny how you, you sort of can't get the old Konica sort of out of your head because yep. that's where it sort of started from. And I think you always go to say Konica and then trip over when you go to the, what it's called now. Anyway. Now, mate, you, you work predominantly in the Apple computer industry yep. and uh, in publishing and, and, and all sorts of techie goodies and stuff like that. Mate, what's, what's going on in that? In that, that so we've seen Apple release these new nano iPods, which are very, yep. very small and... and uh, I've, from what I've heard, that I, I believe like 4,706 lost them on the first day and 3,405 went through the no, wash. That was just a joke I put together. But, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a nice little beast. I mean, anybody who's thinking, like listening to this on their computer and thinking, geez, wouldn't it be nice to listen to this on my way to work in the morning, you know, downloading these podcasts and sticking them on the iPod and then plugging it into the car on the way to work. Um, the iPod Nano is a very, very nice bit of gear. Uh, certainly you'd want to worry about sitting on it, but um, beyond that, uh, yeah, just uh, we'll go from there. Right, the techie stuff is pretty interesting. I think this is what we wanted to talk about a bit more, you know. We, there's no agenda here on this show. Is it a show? It's a conversation. It's Who a, knows? Yeah, it's a conversation yeah. and it's a show and you can listen to it it's and unedited. email us and tell us what you want to hear you and not listen to if it. you want more of it, less of it. Absolutely. You know, if you want a uh, if you want a conversation uh, that you'd like us to explore, well, you can just send that to John J O N at hotlap dot com dot au, um, and we'll take it up from there. And 
you're more than welcome to get on the show if you feel like you want to wing your way over to Adelaide or just join up with us when we travel around to the races. We'll find a spot for you. I'm sure there'll be some better people who can communicate than, than <laughs> us. <laughs> but on, but on, the, on, the, on the subject of techie stuff, I've got a techie guy here that I think we need to ring because you said that, that we should talk to him before and he's right up the front there, like just not that many points behind. How far is he behind... Uh, well, we got um, we got Ryle on 460 and Marcus on 483. He's only 23 points in front, and there's uh, and Damien 43 in front of that. Mate, why don't we get it's Marcus close. on the phone? Yeah, let's get him. Because he's a bit of a he's a bit of a gadgeter. And uh, let's just hope he doesn't talk too fast for the microphone. Absolutely. Now we we can't run too late. No, we can't. We've only got about another 10 minutes, I think, and. Uh, it's, we're going to have to call it quits. That should be uh, about our uh, 30 to 45 minutes. Yeah, we'll later. see how it goes. But yeah, I've got to run off to a uh, something or other. And I've got to go and pick a Mac up from a client's house. Oh, you're running off to speed dating tonight again, aren't you? <laughs> Mate, I'm helping a mate out who's, uh, who's uh, uh, a bit shy. Uh. But you know, you can always say no. True. Mark probably right into that. Because someone who's into motor racing would have to go speed dating. He's probably gone to the bar. I reckon he's already there. 6.30 in Melbourne. 6.30. Hey! Hey! Marcus! John, how you going, buddy? Hey, good! <laughs> how are you, mate? Good, mate. What's going on? Oh mate, we're just sitting here in the backyard, uh, JP's with me and we're um, having a bit of a chat on the first show for Radio Hot Lap. We thought we'd um, have a bit of a chat to you about how your year's been going and in fact we actually were thinking about technical gadgets because JP was talking about some cool stuff from Apple and then we, we, we were we thought Gadget Man, uh, Marcus will be in the gadgets, we've got to get him on the phone and see what gadgets he likes. What's yeah. your favourite gadget at the moment mate? <laughs> well uh just from my uh, recent trip back from Hong Kong, I managed to bring back a new MPEG JVC Handycam camera. Mmm. So I've been having a bit of a tinker with that, filming some uh, dancing girls at a few of the clubs. <laughs> <laughs> Making sure they're uh, dressed to appropriately and all that sort of stuff. Oh, as they should be. Are you auditioning? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just uh, taking my skirt down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought you were comparing. I think that's, <laughs> that's the new shot of the day, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> just checking to make sure the girls haven't got better legs than me. Yeah, well, that sounds fair. <laughs> yeah, tell us about this new camera you bought, mate. What does it um, do? Well, the main thing that got me excited about it was that it records the hard disk, so uh, when John's floating around the racetrack with nothing better to do, he can plug in and just download all the footage from my race car, so... And then we can stick it up on the web. Method behind buying that camera. Beautiful. Right, the, um, the the season is sort of drawing towards uh, the end, and, and we've just had a chat with Ryle. He's 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 red hot to go, and, and it's been a pretty frank discussion with him. He, he'd said that, you know, we talked about how he built his confidence during the year. He hadn't been as happy as he would have liked to have been at the beginning of the season, especially under breaks. And and I I would I would think that that would be one of the most uh, most uh, difficult things to come to grips with. I think, what do they say? You, you know, it, it's you got to know when to not go fast to be able to win races. So, but the the the, the, the season's padding up, looking like it's going to be a uh, a real real uh, nail biter. 
Yeah, well, as we speak at the moment, I'm actually playing around with Dino trying to find those missing horsepower that uh, has seemed to evaded me from from Darwin. And um, providing we can sort of get back on an even playing field with the rest of the guys, it, it definitely will end up to be a nail-biter of a finish, put it that way. Come on, is that your dad in the background cursing? <laughs> no, no, he's actually at the other shop, so you probably can hear him from a mile away. <laughs> <laughs> you You've certainly been spending a fair few uh, hours in race cars this year, and it's good to see. Like you know, you, not too many people realise that that um, uh, drivers in the series compete in different categories. I know I've noticed that that Kerry Wade I think does some stuff, and possibly even trucks over in the west of Australia. And of course, we we don't know much about what goes on in the west. Um, <laughs> yeah, they are on the planet of their own, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, we're going to teach him to smile yet, but uh, he's, a, he's a pretty good operator on the track, uh, and you've been spending time in Commodore Cup. How has that second category helped your driving during the year? Well, it probably didn't really help as much. It just uh, It's just good to have seat time and a lot of race miles, but um, it's sort of driving the two different styles of car can be a little at times, but in, in one way it does keep you sharp, it keeps you on your toes, making you, you think about what you're doing and um, yeah, it just makes you sort of be aware of what's going on around you and then when you're obviously jumping from one to another, you get the two different levels of racing and it just takes you to adapt really quickly. When you, get, when you jump out of one race car and you get into another one and you're going down the chute and you suddenly come to the corner, does it take a while for you to sort of go, hang on, I don't have that either that braking or cornering capability or, or, or vice versa, that you brake too early and you're just like going, oh, I've got to run the loud pedal again to get into the corner. How, how, do, you, how do you transition between them? Well, I'm in my case where the Commodore and the Ute, they're actually very similar in driving style, so the lap difference between the two cars is sometimes only a second, anywhere up to three seconds, so it's not a real major difference, whereas the Ute's got super brakes, but yet weighs a fair amount, whereas the Commodore doesn't have as good brakes, but weighs probably 400 kilos less. So all in all, they probably brake around the same sort of spot, but then it's just the difference is trying to get back on the pair in the ute because I don't have a hell of a lot of weight in the back. You just have to be a little bit more patient on the ute throttle compared to the Commodore. And do you find that um, when you're um, when you're getting that extra time in on the same circuit that you're racing the utes in the Commodore Cup, you actually you actually sort of uh, think, oh, this is good. I've just found out something that I didn't know that I can use when I'm racing the ute. Vice versa, the categories tend to get a little bit annoyed when I roll up and I either do practice in the U before the U uh, boys or, or like before the Commodore boys or practice in the in the Commodore before the U boys. So they kind of get a little bit annoyed because obviously I'm fresh on the track and I've done some miles as we roll up there. Yep. But it works for you. Yeah, it does, yeah. Uh, well, we just won't tell anybody else then. Ignore that everybody who's listening. <laughs> what, what, are your, what are your loose plans for next year? Not wanting to put you on the spot, but uh, we understand well, if you want to keep cagey about that. My my, uh, my, dr my goal is to try and get back into that development car at the moment, and we're just in talks with a few teams and a few ideas floating around. Nothing's concrete at the moment, but um, yeah, that's the main pl the main plan. And if it doesn't sort of happen, well, I, I've got my V8 to race next year. Cool. Well, mate, we're going to have to wrap it up there because John's got to go speed dating tonight. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Uh, nice.
I'm desperate. A bit of fun. Give, give me a couple of numbers too. <laughs> I'm sure you will. I'm desperate, mate. Do you know I took your mate Rodney Tink from Motel out to Chinese the other night, and he said it was the best Chinese he's ever had. So I don't know about that salubrious lounge. I don't know. Did you hear the chat? Oh, I, I, I've heard a little bit of it, but I got I got to hear the rest of it. Oh yeah. Rodney said he had a bit of a ball, so. So yeah, no, you had right. fun. Uh, anyway, back to us. See you later. See you later. Alright, mate. mate. See ya. Good luck in uh, Queensland. Indy. Indy. <laughs> Indy. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll give it a crack. If we, if we don't win, we're going to have a party. Put it that way. Oh, fantastic. See you, mate. Thanks, Marcus. Okay, boys. Cheers. Thanks for having me. We just there's so many of them that we need to get on the phone, and, and then we'll do that. Like well, we'll you know. go, we'll we'll work our way through over the next few episodes, next um, week for sure. And how are we going? I think we're just about. Uh, we're just know, about done, but I just think that because I think the series has been such an enormous success, I'm going to get uh, um, X Radio Man and uh, uh, the old pro car operator Craig Denyer on the phone. His son Grant is doing just so well in HPD. Certainly is. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was just wonderful to be there at uh, Malala, at Malala see and, him get and up on the podium. and see him do that. So, see if we can get him. Whether he knows if we're calling him or not. I told Billy we might. Are you there? Probably having a lobster. Not on toast again. No, I don't think he wants to know us. Uh, oh well. He'll be one for next week. Yep. Well, mate, in summary, I, I can't think of anything specific like <laughs> Bloody hell. <laughs> that dog is just a trouble, isn't it? I'll tell you. Well, right, the, uh, the one other thing I wanted to just... Anybody going to know what that was? Should we explain? The one other thing that I wanted to quickly mention okay. is that I was listening today uh, to, to some tech stuff out of the US and Google, the, the company which is responsible for probably the, the best search engine that we have today in the world, Yes. Um, and a whole lot of other ancillary products such as Google Earth. Earth have yep. you seen that Google Earth? Google Earth's awesome. I've checked my house out. You know, an Italian gentleman apparently last week found some ruins near his house and ruins? got the Italian archaeologists out there and they confirmed it was a Roman manor dating back to whenever, whenever. Did he get any money out of it? No, I don't think so. But he got a bit of satisfaction having spotted it on Google Earth. Well, if you don't know about Google Earth, I'm pretty sure you all do. You go to google.com and you'll see a little thing there called click uh, the extras and, and, yep. and Earth. Or, or go to uh, the HTTP colon double slash no www.earth.google.com and you'll find it there. But I noticed that what Google was going to do was provide free Wi-Fi access through the whole San Francisco Bay Area. Yep. Now you'd have to go, well, okay, so now why would you be doing this? Of course, there's no, there's no, there's no business model for them, but, they, no. but, but in San Francisco, which is like the biggest town closest to, to Silicon Valley, they're, they're letting people have free access to the internet. What do you think that's, uh, that, 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 that's... Uh, Where are they going? Store? Yeah, are mm. they just trying to get people on board and then turn it into a business model? I would suggest that they're just going to look at the take-up figures and if they can see that uh, they've got enough people uh, 
get in hit, then they'll actually get subscribers. Even if they don't make them pay, they'll force them into giving them an email address or a um, or a phone number to uh, to make use of their details. They're just building a database. I reckon that's the way it'll end up. <laughs> well, isn't everybody just well, this is database? We suggest you send uh, your own name into our database. <laughs> we'll tell, right. tell you next week. So Sign up for the V8 Utes uh, website. It's not just V8 Utes. Like we're going to move wider than this, but at the moment we're starting at this area and, and we're working with the guys that are in the series and, and we hope you guys and, and girls enjoy this. Oh, Google Earth Hacks. That was what I was going to say. GoogleEarthHacks.com. If you you know you, you know there's all these magical things like out there. If you go to that site, GoogleEarthHacks.com, you'll you'll find the file that you can drag and open in Google Earth, and it'll take you to all these mysterious things. And I and I, I think that's pretty good. Well, maybe you can. Uh, is is there anything in Google Earth Hacks to uh, get a close up of uh, of the mountains, uh, so that you can have a look around? Um, and uh, maybe talking about the mounting, um, I was just thinking then, you did a VR when we were talking to John earlier on about what he was doing and when, when Paul Ryan was over here and, and the involvement with Paul. Um, probably most people don't know, but the, the first virtual reality tour of the Bathurst track was done for the uh, Bathurst 24 hour by John here. Um, and I reckon you should put it back up for this weekend. I'll have to change the logo, so I suppose. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm sure we can do a bit of work for that. But it, uh, you know, it, I, I walked around that track a fair few times, and it, it was pretty cool. Um, I'd, I'd done a lot of virtual stuff before Le Mans and some tracks in America, and then I thought, well, why not get up early one morning and walk around the track? So you, I was happy to do that, and and. Peter Brock came up to me and said, what are you doing? And he <laughs> stared at me for about 10 seconds, you know, like, what are you, like, really <laughs> close up, like something out there, as only PV does. And I went, oh, I'm doing the tour of the tree. I was give us a look. So we went up Mountain Straight. Mind you, there's, there's a winery there, isn't there? Yeah, there's there a is. winery. Yeah. 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 Are you staying there? Yeah. No, I'm not, but it looks like it might be close enough for a walk if it's on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> are you on the inside? <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, when we got to, um, what's that corner? What's the, the corners change every time. Over Mountain Straight, the first corner, the right hand of there. It used to be called, oh. whatever, but we all know the corner. Skyline. No, no, wow. Skyline. Before you before get there? It. No, up, okay. oh, right up the top. Past the start finish line, turn left, that's what, Hell Corner. Yeah. And then up over the Mountain Straight crest, mm -hmm. and then into that big right hand. Yeah, the big right hand. Whoever's got the sponsorship there. But, I showed Brocky this, and I said, have a look, you can turn around, and he said, that's the first time you can ever see how steep this, and steep and narrow this place is, so, yeah, look, maybe we'll, um, maybe we'll put that stuff up this week, uh, yeah. probably a good idea, people will probably be yeah. interested, so I reckon people will be interested, come back to the site, and, um, yep, okay, and of course, if you're going to do, if you want to view that virtual reality stuff, I mean, how cool is that ADSL 2? Um, we're really fortunate in uh, in Adelaide here. We've got a, a local service provider who's actually national now, but they're a locally based company called Internode, and uh, they've been rolling out ADSL2 all over the place, and it's just so quick. It's uh, we've got it at work already, and uh, it's just going gangbusters. You got it up here? Well, did they pay us any money to say that? No, they didn't. But you know, we'll, we'll try and knock them <laughs> <over> <laughs> on. We will. 
I do have ADSL2 on here. In fact, it's funny you say that I have been a, a, a client of Indonos for a while now, and they're a, they're a national group. And what's clever about these guys is that they have actually gone in, and I love this under the radar thing, I'm not saying it in any other episodes, but they have they've gone in underneath Telstra and put the hardware into the exchanges so that people can really get the real high-speed network connection to the internet. Like, previously you were like, if you could afford it, you'd be doing on 1.5 megabit uh, connection yep. and and the reason why that faster stuff hasn't come on is because Telstra has been reluctant, which means unwilling, to turn <laughs> on their new equipment because their business models didn't really sort of satisfy uh, the new two spec uh, connections. In other words, they're just ripping everyone off blind. Well, you can't say that we'll get sued. Oh, well, but I only allegedly own ripping everybody off blind. Allegedly. But I only own a barbecue and a dog. <laughs> and, and, oh, oh, no, and a flat panel. Oh, well, okay. Oh, I don't you, well, it will be repossessed next week. Anyway, they'll, 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 they'll come to the party sooner or later. And it's funny how, uh, how Telstra always, like, you know, pushes anything away when you try to come up with a new idea or something else that's going on and say, no, nah, it's all just crap, crap, crap. And then two weeks later, they turn around making a marketing announcement that, that they're the innovators. <laughs> but to summarise, ADSL2 can provide you up to 24 megabit per second um, through your regular uh, phone connection at home. Now, obviously, the performance degrades as you disappear away from the, from the exchange. And I'm one and a half kilometers no no about no 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 I'm 1.2 kilometers from the from the, 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 the yeah and there's a little bit of degradation I'm maybe getting about two to 20 megabit yep. but it's very very fast and what that means is that it's extremely useful for being able to deliver video content and I think we're going to be getting more and more video content on yeah, out of Marcus's car with a new camera. <laughs> That's right. And considering the fact that the camera is already generating MPEG-4, you know, we can just take that and reprocess, it, reprocess that to a smaller size without really changing the compression structure. And, and it'll look, look, look really good. So uh, have a look uh, if you're interested, because it's in every national uh, city. Yeah, every, every, every CBD, uh, and, and, and it's spreading out from each CBD. Yeah, that's internode, that's www.on.net. I think we need to read them and say... Internode.on.net, yep. Internode.on.net. Yep. Um, and, but uh, they should pay some money. Or no, at least, I think they should a bit of free bandwidth. Yep. I, there was a guy the other day I saw with a shirt, and it says, we'll work for bandwidth. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so, Maybe we should have that on the hot lap jacket. So we'll, um, we'll, we'll hopefully we'll try and bring you some video content uh, sooner or later on the V8 website and and beyond. So on that note, I'd like to say thanks, JP, for yeah, joining thank us. Thank you, Johnny. And and uh, it's uh, it's been great. We've it, it's a milestone. We got there. We've done it. We were all nervous, and I don't know why, but we've had a nice chat, and hopefully people will like it. And I'd just like to point out, well, we are sitting out in the backyard here in Norwood, about uh, one kilometre from the Clipsa 500 track, uh, as the sun is going down. I'm going off speed dating, I've got to change quickly. I've got to go and pick a machine up from a client's place before I go home for tea. And that noise you heard earlier was a biscuit tin falling on the ground, just so that you know, just in case anybody was wondering. <laughs> Maybe we should make that a regular competition. I don't drop something every week and get them to guess what it is. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> All right. I don't think we need any crap like that. <laughs> I think we can find enough crap of our own. Well, yeah, that's true. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we look forward to having any input from you guys uh, or girls at john at hotlap or support at hotlap.com.au. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.
Tschüss.